Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Woman podcast, where I reveal the power of your heart to create leadership impact and cultivate confidence for the life you want. I'm your host, Glyn Bailey, and as a corporate finance leader, executive coach, entrepreneur, and author, I know all too well the challenges that prevent female leaders from claiming their seat at the table. In this podcast, I talk all things to do with self-leadership, sharing stories, insights, and guidance on how to ultimately get out of your own way to live a life in alignment with who you are. When you begin to see the impact that you can have, no matter where you are starting on your journey, life becomes one huge adventure. I'm so excited that you are sharing your journey to Unstoppable with me. So let's dive right in. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm so excited for this one. I'm interviewing Tina Tower, an award-winning serial entrepreneur who has founded, grown and sold several businesses and franchises. Tina has helped hundreds of people package their expertise into an online course and then launch it to the world. Through her program, Her Empire Builder, she's on a mission to help 100 women build a million dollar a year business by 2025. That's no small goal. Tina is also my business coach. I've worked with her for the last 12 months. When COVID hit my business really hard last year, my face-to-face coaching and leadership programs came to a halt. It was through doing Her Empire Builder, the mastermind group that helped put my business back on track, pivoting to an online course, launching it out to the world. I am incredibly grateful for Tina's support and mentorship over this last 12 months. I certainly wouldn't be where I am without her support. So here we are, let me introduce you to Tina Tower. I am so excited to have you here, Tina, welcome. Ah, gorgeous, Glyn, I am so happy to be here with you. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to make this conversation one that really allows my audience of unstoppable women to see the reality of what it takes to create a million dollar micro business but also to touch on the highs the lows that come with such a journey can I start by going straight in I'm going to go deep with you already is what lit the fire in your belly to do the work that you do now oh now yeah now the work I do now so I'm very um I've always had the fire lit you can say (laughs) but it's been a different motivation uh as I've gone throughout the years so when I was a teenager was when I first started getting into personal development Mm -hmm. so I've been kind of subscribing to the whole like Anthony Robbins sort of personal development stuff my whole life um and grew a really substantial business before this one and then sold it and it was kind of that moment of going you when you get everything that you want and you're working for and then have to reassess oh wow is this really is this really what it's meant to be um so sometimes you know we get what we wish for and then we go oh (laughs) what was I driving so hard towards this for Mm -hmm. um and so then when I started in online business for me, it was very much, it, it was this massive revelation when I had my first course launch. And I knew from the first one that it was going to be a million dollar business and that I was going to be able to reach people. And I'd been in education for 15 years. And so being able to package it and work in online education meant 
we weren't limited anymore by our geography. We could reach people across across the globe. And I thought there is so many women that have so much expertise and so much knowledge and the really good ones are actually really bad at promoting themselves <laughs> um, yes. and are really good educators not so much on the marketing and the tech side. So I love the marketing and the tech side and the education and the big picture and the little things. So I have a very unique um, skill set in that I like both sides. So I thought, you know what, I can really make an impact in this world by helping the people that that I think should be seen, be more seen and be more successful so that they can in turn impact other people's lives. Um, And then the more I got into it, the more I started learning about the I mean, inequities are in every industry, literally every industry. Um, But in online business, a lot of the top is filled with men, like 90% of it. Um, And that's because the way that we've been taught to play this game is very like bro marketing <laughs> kind of kind of thing. And it just doesn't work for for women in the same way. And I wanted to really help women be able to do that because I know that when the majority of women are wealthy, they're going to do really good things with it. We spend it very differently to how men do. Um, and I've seen that time and time again with, with friends that have been really successful in business, you know, the, how the men spend their money and how the women spend their money is very, very different. And I want more wealthy women. I mean, even just for the sheer fact of how many women plunge into poverty in retirement, like, is astounding and no one's talking about it and it really concerns me that more women aren't concerned for their financial future and I want to be able to change that while having a positive impact in the world. Oh superb and I think you're spot on there is a lot around female education around financial well-being mindset all of, all of the things that are needed to to drive a, a clear vision for our futures that we often don't give ourselves time to educate ourselves even be aware of that it's a potential future problem yeah I really like what you said about the realization that when you realize your dream you've worked hard for something and you get to a certain point and then you have this oh is this what I really wanted a lot of the women that I work with are in corporate careers doing exactly that striving for success getting to senior levels of leadership and then having these moments of oh was this actually what I really wanted and I'm seeing a lot of women get to a certain level but then opt out because the choice that they feel they have is either I stay in be senior sacrifice my life or I subscribe to the current paradigm of working which to to what you alluded to even in the online course space is a masculine driven patriarchal environment which then dictates how you show up when you had that aha moment for you what was the clue that told you something needed to shift like how did you raise that from just a feeling of or perhaps discomfort into actually being able to get clarity to then know what to do next? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not easy. And, you know, I'd I'd essentially created myself like a corporate role. Um, Mm. And, you know, it's crazy to me because like I said in the beginning, I have done a lot of personal development and it really blew my mind that somehow I'd ended myself in this life where I woke up one day and went, what? 
I create, how did I do, <laughs> why did I create this? Like it was just, I was working 12 hour days, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. And it was so much pressure and so stressful. And, you know, when I talk to a lot of corporate women up the top, that's their life. And there's really no choice. If you want to play that game, it's what you've got to do. There's, it's so far off changing. And for me, I kind of, you know, I was on holidays with my family was when, when that moment happened and I was trying to take three weeks off and I hadn't had a proper like switch off for about two years by them. And I was going, like, I created this business so that I could have freedom and be there for my kids. And I actually got myself in a worse situation than if I was employed, but with all of the downsides of being self-employed, where I have all the risk and all the responsibility. So I'm like, how are you so stupid? I just don't know. (laughs) So decided to change it. But I think what a lot of people don't talk about when you make big life changes like that is they're not... You know, I do, I do subscribe to the thought of you can wake up any day of your life and decide to change, but that change does take a long time, especially if you're in a corporate role and you want to go out on your own and start your own mm-hmm. business, or if you've built a big business that's no longer serving you, or if you want to start a new business, whatever the situation is, it takes a long time. And so I decided then um, that I was going to sell my company. And so that was in the September. And then we listed it for sale in the February. We signed an offer by the March and then we settled 30th of June. Um, and then I signed a two year earn out. So it was a really long transition to get out of that. And then it took a long time. Well, in my mind, I mean, in hindsight, everything always seems so quick, but while I was in it, it seemed to take a really long time to recover from it as well. I had had adrenal fatigue by the end. So I'd made myself quite unwell and, you know, was drinking too much and just escaping too much. And I had become a really bad mom and a really bad wife. And just, I just was not doing life well, how I wanted to. Um, And so it took me a while to like recalibrate with that and then go, all right, I'm going to do better. And I do think it's really you know, I live life really well now because of that experience. And I'm really conscious for that. I can fall into overworking so easily because I am at heart quite a workaholic and I'm really conscious to go, no, which is hard for me because I always think I could do so much more and I know what I could do that would do so much more, but I have to just say, no, it's not worth it. Sometimes it's yeah. just not worth it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that was that's helpful yeah and I love that you've clarified that it doesn't just go from oh I'm having an aha and then suddenly life's wonderful and perfect yeah exactly and then there's a journey to go on to recalibrate and reheal yourself from the, the mental and emotional and physical fatigue that you might be feeling from from that journey and I think it's so powerful to acknowledge not only your feelings but then take the appropriate time necessary to make that transition and I look at what you're doing now and you have one for me being my business coach for the last year and two creating a community of female entrepreneurs that are genuinely connected to help lift each other up and we were talking earlier about the environment that we're in now where there's a lot of peacocking about hey look how wonderful I look and look how glamorous life is that's definitely not 
the vibe that I get within your community. What do you think it is about the community of women that you have inspired to work with you that have decided to join Her Empire Builder and be so real and raw in the way they show up? I think like the word there is real. I had someone say to me the other day, like my business coach that just went, my gosh, you're the most real person that I work with. And I do think that um, like there's no bullshit. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of, I just think it's really unhelpful. Um, and, you know, I drove my last business because I had a lot to prove and mm. I felt like, you know, I had a lot to prove to myself. I had a lot to prove to my family. I just, I was really driven by needing to prove my self-worth to others. Mm -hmm. And after I sold that and went through like my healing process, which you know we can't do right now, but I, I ran away and I went around the world for a year. That was my healing, which was like the greatest decision of my life. It reconnected our family. It reconnected me. I switched off completely social media and the internet, which just oh, allowed amazing. so much clarity within me of how I wanted to live and what I wanted to do. Um, but it meant that when I started this business, I, I don't feel like I have anything to prove to anybody. Um, I don't really, I mean, yeah, I care when, if people, you know, don't overtly, like I'm still care about what people think I'm not that evolved um, but a lot less like I don't I don't feel driven by the approval of other people I know who I am I know what I stand for I know what I do I know why I'm doing it um, and I think that makes a really big difference is I don't feel like I need to prove it but in saying that like you touched on the the peacocking element and there is there is a certain element in our business where you know, we have to, in order to coach people, we have to show that we have those runs on the board. And yeah. so, you know, I always feel really funny in going, like my last launch was a half a million dollar launch. And I always, like, I don't want to go, oh my gosh, I just made half a million dollars in a week. Like, that's just like, ew, that's just <laughs> poor taste. And so now I feel like everybody knows that I've done that. So now I can just shut up about it. <laughs> to prove it anymore and now I think I think my success comes from the success of my members so that is all I am driven to do in the next like my whole mission is by 2025 to have 100 women making a million dollars a year and I go if I can do that that's like that's all I care about yeah, yeah. that's phenomenal isn't it the impact and the reach that those women will have much wider Yes. Is, well, is, I go, that's a hundred million dollars a year into the economy, which I know when women create wealth, they often will employ other women. They're very philanthropic. They do really good things for their local community, their community at large, their families. It's a trickle effect that I love. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I like what you said about being real and not having anything to prove, but also the realization that you've had to go through a journey to prove to yourself that you are capable or perhaps have that initial experience of, yes, I can do it before suddenly you can, you can hang up any sort of desire for self uh, validation from others actually, and, and go, right, actually, I'm going to just do this for myself now without the need for the accolades, but actually they come because the discipline and the systems, the processes, the way you show up, the consistency has already been 
something that you've deeply ingrained into your way of working. Yeah. And I think what, that's a really good point there is um, because what you just said is really boring. The system, <laughs> the automation, like it's really boring. Someone asked me yesterday, I did like ask me anything on Instagram stories and someone asked what my financial advice is and my financial plan and that sort of thing. And this is where it gets really hard, especially in the industry that I work in, but especially for anyone who is in corporate or is starting their own business, is it's not the way to success. And I've been doing this for 17 years and I've coached so many different people. And unfortunately, <laughs> the way to success is doing the boring stuff. A boring business is a profitable, profitable business and doing it consistently over time, month after month, year after year, recovering from the setbacks, learning from them, going again, doing better than before and just doing that again and again. That's what makes you successful. Like it doesn't, there is no get rich quick. There is no super bullet. It's hard work and it's showing up for your audience and going, how can I add massive value? Because when your audience is successful, you are successful. And it's it's all about the customer because without that, it doesn't matter what you do. You, you will never be successful. Um, and I think like it's the same with finances. You know, it's putting aside that little bit every week and then putting it into shares and then buying property and letting it sit there for decades. That's yes. what's going to give you a good retirement. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it is, it's those small things. It's that compounding effect of showing up every day and not just on social media, but for yourself, you know, for yourself, your family, the future that you want to create. One of the things I know, certainly having been part of your mastermind for the last year is the amount of stuff that is involved in creating a small business. And I think yeah. we were talking about it earlier that there's there's a lot of people that create this perception of how it's so easy, but there's so many moving parts in a business and the need to create those systems and processes are so necessary. And I think having had an experience in the corporate environment where you've got a gazillion people doing every little thing and everything flows and it's smooth and you think you know systems and processes. Yeah, I tell you, I kid you not, having had my experience in corporate and then doing my own thing and seeing actually what's involved when you're the one person trying to make all of all of the dots join together and, and create outcomes is incredibly challenging. And I think the key things that I've picked up from you, one, I think what stands with, with me right from the beginning is you said the difference between someone who succeeds or fails is the person that actually stops, you know, because those that don't succeed are usually those that have quit halfway along the journey because they felt it didn't happen quick enough or soon enough. But actually that consistency of showing up and expecting that you'll get there if you don't stop is, is incredibly powerful. But secondly, the whole clarity around the strategy. One of the things I see you do really well is take a really strong high level vision, but translate that down into manageable, actionable chunks. Now, when I think about all of the modalities that you bring to your mastermind, what was it that got you that? Was it your teacher background or your, your sort of experience there? But how did you get that level of understanding that brings all of the magic to your mastermind now? Do you know what I think? And this sounds a little bit arrogant, but <laughs> I think that there is, 
I've done so many different things. I've built and sold six businesses with one major one and I've ran retail toy stores. I've run tutoring centers. I've had a clothing brand, a jewelry brand. I tried to sell movie rights and be I tried to do so many different things and learned so many different things. And I feel like what I'm doing now uses every single thing that I have done in my whole life and draws on everything that everything that I've done was training to be able to do what I'm doing right now. Like the work I'm doing now, I feel like I was born to do this because mm. it it taps into every natural skill set and experience that I have ever accumulated. And there's some things that when I was doing them, I was, I was going, gosh, I've really strayed off path here. Like, what am I even doing this for? And I know we do that in our lives, um, but everything happens for a reason. And I think there's so many experiences that I've had that I wouldn't be able to do what I do now if I hadn't have gone into that so I think it all it all kind of plays a part in doing that but I I agree with the you know when you come from corporate into small business ownership I mean there was one lady that I was talking to last week that is quite new from corporate and she's like you know I'm just used to sending it off to the marketing team and (laughs) so she'd got like a um a subcontractor to do the marketing work and she just got a six thousand dollar bill to do like her branding and her strategy and and her Canva templates and that sort of thing which I was like like choking just going you paid what for what but the biggest mistake that I see when people from corporate come into business is because you're so used to going you know we can outsource that to this department and outsource that to this department it's a really quick way to go broke Um, in that you're I'm a very big fan of outsourcing and automation and systems but at the beginning until you can earn the money you have to do it yourself you just have to have that open mind and going okay instead of like closing it off and going I can't do that yes I can because there is like the technology available to us now. I mean, Glenn, you've heard me talk oh. about love affair with Canva. Yes, it's I love it. So good <laughs> yeah, that there is. If you have an open mind to it, everyone can learn it. I mean, we've got women in our program that are in their sixties that have learned to ace tech. Like it's just it's accessible and if you go you know what I'm going to learn all the moving parts and then when I turn a profit and when I'm back up to my six-figure salary a year then I'll start handing over those parts of the business that I don't love if you can commit to that in the beginning you will get to that profit level so much faster because you won't be a lot of people give up because they start resenting their business and go gosh I'm working my ass off paying all these other people more than I'm getting paid so if you just don't do that do a DIY which is the opposite advice to what a lot of people will tell you um but look there's no point in doing it if you're going to run out of money yeah I agree I think there's something powerful that comes with understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it because I'm a big fan of if you outsource how do you know the other person's delivering on the outcomes that are needed and what's appropriate yeah yeah absolutely with with that in mind and with all of the women that you work with, what do you see is the single biggest reason that you see them stopping from starting their online business or, or not necessarily even an online business, but stops them from pursuing a dream and going, okay, I can, I can make money and do something myself having been a ser- serial entrepreneur. What, what do you see that stops people? The biggest thing in our industry, I think, is the embracing of personal branding um, because unfortunately in online education those who market well win Mm. and 
I work with so many women who are so smart and have so much to offer to the world. And because they're good humans that don't want to be narcissists, (laughs) they don't want to put themselves front and centre. And it's a fine balance in promoting yourself like you are the product. When you're selling your own expertise and your knowledge, you have to market yourself as the product, which is very different to what a lot of people are used to. And a lot of women are very private and um, don't want to big note themselves. And especially in Australia, you know, like we've got all of those messages of don't get too big for your boots. Don't like just the, oh, the judgment around Mm -hmm. it. Um, And I think that holds more people back than anything else is the reluctance to step into that light and shine knowing that when you do that, you give permission to other people to do the same and it can be done in a really beautiful way. It doesn't have to be this whole look at me, look at me, peacocky thing that that we see a lot. Um, And I think if you're always doing it in service to others, then it's actually not very hard if if you're thinking of your customer to do that. But that's what I see holds most people back is they don't embrace marketing of themselves and if people don't know you online then they won't buy from you absolutely I know it's certainly the area that I found the most challenging in the transition because you're suddenly creating a brand that is there's your own identity and keeping that separation from what is the the service and what is the outcome that's necessary versus this isn't about me but it feels like it's about me when you when you created that balance for yourself how did you get yourself past that line because you're not narcissistic or egocentric or much of a peacocker but when you look at the brand and how colorful and vibrant her empire builders is how did you get yourself past the the line that most people stop at you know but is necessary to cross in this instance yeah so a few things um one was i figured that people judge no matter what i mean a lot of people will say you know no one's judging you it's only but but they are they are everyone's judging everyone um and so i figured people are going to judge me no matter what may as well just have some fun (laughs) and and serve the people that I want to serve and people that will resonate that will and I decided to either attract or polarize in going when I step out I know some people will really resonate with my message I know some people will hate it and that's okay because they know what it is so I'm going to get the right customers so that's one of them um the second one is I decided to just completely be myself um, because when, when I first got to the level where I thought, oh, wow, I'm like, I got to my level of I'm successful in business in my late twenties, mm-hmm. but I was still like, you know, what we're like in our late twenties, I still didn't have a strong enough sense of self. Oh, and yeah. I had a big, um, you know, I thought I had to be, to be a professional businesswoman, I had to act in a certain way and talk in a certain way and dress in a certain way. And when I started this business, when I got back from my trip, I thought, you know what, stuff it. I'm just going to be who I am and that's going to be a whole lot more fun for me. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, and it's a whole lot more sustainable too because it's not exhausting because I, I don't have to, like I think sometimes if you're trying to show up in a certain way, then it, it is going to get tiring. And a lot of people will ask me how, how I do, you know, 
five coaching calls in a day and three podcast mm. interviews and two webinars and all of that. It's because it's not an act. It's because yes. I just, you know, you're just yourself yeah. as I am. And just, it's like right now I'm just chatting to you sitting across the table. Like it's Absolutely. not hard. Um, so I think that's one thing. And I think the other part of it is, um, I was very purposeful of what parts of my self that I was going to show publicly. Mm. Um, and a lot of people get a bit funny with that in going, are you being you then? Are you hiding yourself? And, and that sort of thing. But I don't think we need to, I think this whole, when Brené Brown came out with all of the, all of the vulnerability work, which she's like the master. I love her. Yeah, me too. But I think it was interpreted by some people of vulnerability means like showing every facet of your life and using emotion to manipulate people with the damn thing. And I just don't think that that is real vulnerability. Um, and so I decided there was like, I, I very rarely show my husband on my social media, mm. very rarely show my children, never show the inside of my home. There's mm. a lot of areas that I actually go, you know what, this has nothing to do with the work that I do. And I'm going to keep that part of my life private to myself um so I always show up in a way that is I've got my perfect customer Alice Carrington who is my fictitious customer and whenever I am planning out our social media or our messaging or our promotions I will do it all under the guise of is this helpful for her and I will talk directly to her and so I show up for her and you know showing all of my like yeah it may be interesting from an entertainment point of view um but I'm not here to entertain I'm here to educate and I think that's the power of having self-awareness but also the fortitude to be able to have your own boundaries in place because I think this world that we're in with social media and the online space means that we are so much more accessible to everyone around us than we've ever been and to some degree it feeds a sense of um, a weird level of entitlement that the sense of because you're in the public eye okay I need to have access to all of you but I think part of what you've said there around really knowing who you are And being able to honour yourself means that you then get to honour the life that you want to live and say, well, this is work. This is appropriate for my client base, the the person that I'm serving, but this is my life. And because I'm doing the work of service doesn't mean I immediately have to serve you my entire life in the process as well. And I think when you show people that there's stuff that's on and off limits as well, you're helping teach other women to say, yeah, you do not need to do anything that makes your your current way of being or living uh, exposed to an environment that you don't want to. And how do you keep that appropriate boundary? And I think people confuse that with being, um, I know certainly I get feedback in my, in my coaching clients around, how do I get to be authentic if I'm not openly sharing? I was like, well, are you being yourself when you are serving your clients and if the answer is yes then that's you being authentic but authentic doesn't mean you have access to my entire world yes yeah yeah and it's not um I mean I find social media really quiet (laughs) like if I didn't use it for business I would never be on it ever Mm -hmm. like I see people and they're talking about a friend of mine the other day and she was talking about how her teenage son just started having hair on his balls and I'm going really like it's just but it's it gets a lot of engagement and yes. one of the things that I see um you know if I show uh anything that is 
like any negative parts always get more engagement than positive parts. Um, but <laughs> I don't talk about because I don't feel negative very often. No. But I'm like, there's a yeah, there's a lot that gets high engagement and gets high likes that doesn't necessarily sit with you. And so I think when people are starting to craft that personal brand and move on to the internet, if you are starting to do that, is like don't worry about the likes and the engagement. Worry about the connection and just showing up, like you said, authentically as you, um, because that's what's going to resonate the most. I mean, I hit a million dollars in business when I had, I think it was about 17 or 1800 followers. So it wasn't very many. Whereas most people that I see that hit that have like tens of thousands because they've got there by like doing the things that get you a lot of likes. But the more people that you have follow you, the more you're actually like, you've got to be on there responding to messages and comments. And it's actually, you want to be as successful as possible with as small a following as possible. (laughs) Correct. If I think about the life that I want to design and I think part of the reason that I joined your mastermind is the desire to do good in the world, to have an appropriate level of wealth that sustains the life that I want to live and, and my family, but also where I'm not a prisoner to technology, where I'm going, okay, I've got to show up and do stories and dance on tables and entertain people through silliness just to keep my business afloat. And I think what I think you strike the balance of really well is the quality and the depth of content that you provide that actually creates meaningful transformation in people's lives and business rather than hey it's just light-hearted fun and you balance that really well because you do have fun but it's also there's depth to what you bring so you've recently written your second book million dollar micro business and it launches is it the first of july yeah just oh my god it's only a few weeks away Tell us a little bit more about that. What can the readers expect from this book? I yeah, can't wait so to get my hands on it. It's written um, mainly for people that, you know, have an idea and don't know what to do or people that are in the beginning stages. So that's nothing that I work with online. I work with women that are already kind of Mm. higher. Um, And so I wanted to really write a book. I love books. I've got a thing about books and, and I find it incredible just how much IP you can get from someone for like 30 bucks. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And so I really wanted to put a book into the world that was going to make it, easy for people to go all right this is like steps that I can follow so it is it's a very practical book we've got some inspiration in there and some stories in there um, to keep it interesting but it is very much like okay this is what we need to do this is what's involved and it goes through all of those steps and all of the different things to think about and how to productize the ideas and the expertise that you have Um, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. What was the hardest part about getting that book out? Because you you already wrote a phenomenal book with One Life and I thoroughly enjoyed that one. And it was so raw and so truthful and so so clear about the journey that you've been on. With this book, what what was it about this one that made this one harder to to get? They're very different books. Um, I mean, One Life was the book that I I just I wanted to write, um, but it actually had no business. <laughs> <laughs> but 
whatsoever. Um, and it was it was more more my story to that yeah. that stage. And so for that one, I, I great personal sacrifice booked a um a lovely villa in Fiji for eight days, oh, and amazing. I went there and I literally typed all day, every day, and typed about 10,000 words a day and got that book written while I was there, um, which was a great way to do it because it was kind of, I had to go very inward to do it. I cried so much while I was typing, just like, mm. <laughs> well, typing away yeah. um, and got that written. But it was all it was all getting that out of my head. Whereas for Million Dollar Micro Business, there's a lot of, there was a lot of research and a lot of going, okay, how do I get what's in my head? And then because I, I think differently to a lot of people um, and it's something that took me a long time to realise is, is when I work with other people and like, why are you doing that? Just do this and then do this. Like that's not, and people would overcomplicate everything. Mm. And so the biggest challenge with writing the book was going, how can I, how can I uncomplicate it? How can I take it and put it in a really linear way that is going to make it simple for people? Yeah. Um, not so easy like it's still work um but a simple process to follow um and make sure that that's that's going to be really really nice sort of journey for people to follow so that was harder than I than I thought um and putting yeah. things into graphs and and making it all nicely spaced and then this time I went with a publisher as well instead of self-publishing which I did with the first book so that was a very very different process and much longer or much so long interesting yeah um so I just can't wait because usually, you know, I create something and then it's online and it's out to market like tomorrow. So it's been it's been crazy to go something that we've worked on for like a year and a half and it's finally out in the world. So I, I can't wait. I have very small goals for it. I would just like it to be like a, a global phenomenon in the in the next four hour work week. So, <laughs> I love that. I love that. And then if I was to pick that up as a someone who had not created an online course, would I be able to go, right, okay, I've got the clarity to know exactly what I can do next. Yes. yes. Amazing. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I think there's even, like, there's so many people with corporate that could have something on the side that's plugging along for that too in, in going, doing that before, because I know how hard it is in corporate to walk away from those golden handcuffs. I oh, mean, yes. The the best thing about corporate is that beautiful reliant salary <laughs> that keeps Correct. paying you again and again. Which you know you I think one of the hardest transitions for people when they leave that is you will never have that sense of security ever again. <laughs> and it's yes, it's like it's like jumping off a cliff without a net. Um, and that's going to take a really big, a really big adjustment in your mentality. Um, so I think if you start something and you get a good level on the side to give you enough confidence to pull that ripcord, um, I think is is a good thing. Absolutely. And I think you, you mentioned right at the beginning about how you, women in terms of creating wealth for themselves and the opportunity to do so in the futures and how many people don't and it's how, how much poverty there is with women not uh, creating enough for their retirement and how challenging that is. I've certainly, from my own experience, having left corporate three and a half years ago now, had my own journey of, oh my goodness, the ripcord being pulled and you're yeah, thinking, right. what the hell have I let myself in for? And exactly that, that security that you seek is suddenly no longer there and you're operating from your survival instincts to then create something. So what you've suggested around 
just actually spending time to think about how do you create a side business that gives the best of your education, the, the experience that you have and how you can share value and with the online space that the world is within reach and from your home where you don't have to work in a completely different location to try and create something new but the time that you can spend consistently over a period of time can actually create you something really powerful and I think as a an additional source of revenue and retirement income or just even a passion project that you allow yourself to go deep with and share is is incredible and the types of businesses I would imagine you've seen through your mastermind so varied yeah (laughs) it's amazing how like everyone has that expertise and that knowledge in them that people are looking to to share I mean I just bought one on like I bought a course for growing like organic vegetables and amazing without it I just I keep making the same mistakes so I bought that and I'm out there in the garden with my iPad and doing what they're doing and like there's there's so many it's not just business things there's so many um that we can learn so much and COVID taught us anything it's how oh how easy it is in terms of I think pre-COVID not everyone was open to learning online as much as they are now like everyone knows their way around Zoom and the internet totally yeah in terms of final sort of questions well I say final question I was like might not be the final question but I'm just gonna check what would be the one message that you want to leave women that are listening to this podcast? And from an audience perspective, it's either corporate or business owners. I don't think it's any one person that's listening to this podcast for sure. For sure. The, the, the main thread from, for my podcast is self-leadership and helping people recognize who they are and then how they show up for themselves in that fullest expression. What would you want to share as your words of wisdom, Tina, given all of the journey you've been on so far and and how much I'm sure is yet to come. I can't wait to hear more. Well, I think first hire you if they haven't already. (laughs) You are fabulous at what you do. Um, And then I think too often we forget that we're here for such a short time um, and that, you know, we're going to be dust (laughs) very, very soon. Uh, And what do you want your human experience to actually be? Um, for this this one ride that we have, mm. this one journey. Um, and, you know, for me, I've always gone, I want to live a life less ordinary. I want to mm. live a life that counts and that matters um, because it feels good and it feels yeah. purposeful. And so I think when you figure out what makes you happy and then what can impact the world, it's a really beautiful way to live. And for me, I go... There was a long time because I was very broke. I left left home when I was 13 and I was very, very broke when I started my business for a long time. Um, and I was very driven by wanting to set up my own financial future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I got there and then still felt like, oh, okay. And I'm not flashy. You know, I'm not, I don't... I don't love, I mean, I love travel. I spend yeah. a lot of money on travel, but that's about, that's about it. Like I have a really nice home, but not like, it's not, I don't like flashy things. Mm. And so I'm going, okay, so what am I going to earn all this money for? Like, what's the whole point of doing that? And you know, there's so much in the world that we can do with, 
with our money um, and there's so much impact that we can make. And for me, I go, when I see, I, I have a beautiful job in that I help women like step into their light and power. And when I see, you know, even last month I had people that, that didn't believe that they could do something, but I knew they could. And I think it's tragic that I have more belief in people than they have in their self, themselves sometimes. Yeah. But when I see them break through that and get the results that they've been working for for years and then what that enables them to do for their future, like there's no better feeling. Um, and so for me, that's all I'm driven by now is doing that and, you know, being there for my kids as well I have teenage sons um and so they're at just a hilarious age <laughs> where you know it's, it's just such an adventure and they want to do so many fun things with me and it's just it's just fabulous so I I live in in a way I live a very simple life I, I have very simple pleasures um I still you know, I still get a kick out of buying a cappuccino because for so long I used to walk down the street and see people like walking into a coffee shop and paying $5 for a cappuccino and going one day I'll be able to afford that. And I feel like so indulgent that I pay $5 for something that I could make myself for 20 cents at home. And I'm like, oh my God, like I still get a kick out of it now. And so I think, you know, I, <laughs> I don't get, don't get me wrong. I want to, I want to create epic wealth, but I'll give it all away. <laughs> yeah. But it's great. It's gratitude, isn't it, from for the journey that you've you've been on. And I, I love yeah. what you said earlier about what women, when you help them, you know, reach that million dollars, that they do spend differently versus yeah. men, and that ability to share your wealth and celebrate in what you've achieved and make that meaningful contribution to the world where people have been disadvantaged. And I feel like we we've won the jackpot by the pure nature that we've been born in developing countries you know and there's hardship for sure but considering what is available and accessible to us I still feel so incredibly blessed and if you have an opportunity to give back and making other people happy is like like is the most selfish thing like you said wasn't it's it's the most egotistical thing like, <laughs> like um a couple of weeks ago I saw this meme online um of people that were doing um Oh, they, they were putting because they were talking about how hard it is when you first have children and when we have children is when we are the poorest usually in our lives like we've got to cut incomes and anyway so 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 I got my sons and we went into Target and we got a thousand dollars worth of twenty dollar notes and we rolled them all up and inserted them into all the nappy boxes and oh, wow formula um like lids so that when people bought them and got them home they would open them and just go oh my gosh like there's money in here and we had so much fun <laughs> doing oh that. wow what an amazing so, thing to do <laughs> yeah and the boys were just like this is so fun like imagine their faces when they get there and do that sort of thing and I always you know if I'm in the petrol station and I see a pea plater filling up their petrol I'll just pay for their petrol and then run to my car and drive off and you know like you can do all sorts of things like that to just and it is fun like when we talk about the human life like I go the more things I look for that I can do like like you go that day for that person like they're gonna have that and go this was insane this happened to me today and I was able to give them that day like it's just it's good fun 
It is good fun, but what a beautiful way. Like you could, like you said, it, it can be fun and selfish, but so doing good at the same yeah. time. I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. Oh my goodness, of course. Oh, Tina, I have thoroughly enjoyed catching up with you. I feel like I could do this all day and probably would ask better questions as I'd gone on. <laughs> like, right, oh my God, did I get everything that I needed to get from you for my audience? Because it is just so much wisdom and wealth that you bring to these conversations. And I just love, genuinely love the authenticity that you bring and the care and attention that you give everyone that comes into your orbit. So Thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to do this. And I can't wait to see you later on this week for the huge Empire Builders Retreat in Noosa that we get to celebrate and enjoy. And yeah, we are. We're very, very lucky and I can't wait. So thank you. Thank you so very much. Oh, what an amazing human Tina is. I thoroughly enjoyed interviewing her. And whilst I felt like I was a blubbering fangirl, I make no apology for that. It's so awesome to be in the company of someone who's so real and so generous with her wisdom and insight. And she's so ready to cheer for everyone's success. Being part of her mastermind group, I know Tina has certainly stretched my own thinking. When I was in my corporate career, I never imagined that I would be aiming to build a business that was making a million dollars a year in revenue. But that's the marker that I have set myself ever since I have been in Tina's proximity and I genuinely have no doubt that it will happen. What I want to leave you with is this, we can do hard things, we can dream bigger than we've ever dreamed before, and we can make the things that seem impossible a reality. I know right now, I have no idea exactly how the journey is going to unfold, but I do know that when I continue to surround myself with the right company and continue to invest in myself, to invest in my future, that I'll get to where I want to go. I hope you got value from this episode. I know when this releases, I'll have just come back from the Noosa Empire Builders Retreat. And so in my next episode, I'll share all of the insights and learnings that I got from that weekend away. I've no doubt it's going to be an epic one. And so I look forward to sharing that with you. So until next time, go and check out Tina Tower, buy her book, A Million Dollar Micro Business, and I will speak to you next week. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Unstoppable Woman podcast. The path to the future you want leads from your heart. If you got value from this podcast, please leave a review and share it with another woman who you know would benefit from it too. We need more women claiming their seats at the table. Until next time, live your truth and be unstoppable.